Ready when you are, and even when you aren't. Because Betty Crocker ready to spend frosting. Do you remember those little Betty Crocker cakes that came in a cardboard, like it was a cardboard baking pan? Mm. You would buy like a box, mix it, put it in a little cardboard baking pan, put that in the oven, and it came with that tube of frosting. And you could like just eat that whole cake right there. Do you remember that? Nah, I don't. Man. My dad used to yeah. eat that like yes. it was bread. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It came with a pan. Break bread like Jesus said. Shit. Break bread. Break bread. He just swallowed the whole fucking. It yeah. was like, yeah, it was a cardboard cooking pan. You could put it in and it wouldn't burn up, and it was totally disposable, bro. Wow. And it was made by Freddie Crocker. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you could make your own little single cakes. Wow. Hmm. Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. Your certified qualified West Side host Steve Lucky Luciano. Woo! That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You tuned in to the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show. Coming at you from the bunker in Southern California. Sitting across from me, my co-host, my brown, red brother. Shumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarians. Coming to you with some real shit again. And again. And again. And again. And again. Scalp. Yeah, if you feel if you feel your blood start to boil. If you feel like killing motherfuckers right about now, if you feel like burning down banks and fucking overturning cars, you might just have a little bit of Indian blood in you. Yeah, that's it. And on sound, old Blue Eyes himself. Sean Lewis. (laughs) Certified audio professional. For the hard <laughs> look. <laughs> so Mr. and Mrs. Earbloods. Mama told me not to come. <laughs> What's up? Old blue eyes face is about as red as I've ever seen it. I yeah, felt like man. that was going to drop or something was going to happen. Dude, I thought, his, I thought it was a scanner. It was, was just, straight scanners, that was bro. Like and I was I waiting for the head to explode. That was like when I got the, the fucking cramp. Ooh, you got the cramp? Straight scanners. <laughs> Shit was like Remember that, veins dude? running up right. your like, neck. Right. Right. Dropped to the ground. He's like, ah. <laughs> That's what you look like. That uh, it was like that between that and like when the aliens busting out of the right. stomach of that motherfucker. Right. right. 
And dude, Blue Eyes didn't Sorry. fucking prepare us for that at all. Did no, he? he just went ham on that. He shit. was like the normal. That guy. That was a freestyle. Yeah, he, checked I, out. he was just that like was off the dome. Hi, do you need me to help you with your headphones? And yeah. he had no warning about he's going to turn into Doctor Evil in yeah. about two seconds. Right? I love it, man. I love it. Evil hey, Dead. Evil Dead that? Three. Hey, I hear, you a hear voice. that voice. Hey. I hear a voice that sounds very, very familiar. Long time listener. We've been long awaiting this man's return. Oh. He is part of the hard luck family. And fucking wow. history. And history from reigning from the beautiful city of Santa Monica, California. Let's welcome back the big homie, Diablo! That's with that shit, Diablo. Yeah, that shit is fucking ill. That is a Thanks, serious man. fucking video, bro. It's like zombies in fucking paradise or something, bro. It's like, Los, is that would you say? Because you drop videos and shit. This, this, these listeners, my homeboy ain't new to this shit. He doing this shit way before this shit was even out. Yeah, before but you were before born. It was a bit, about digital trap. platforms. Yeah, yeah man. Trap music. And uh, tell me, is that that thing seems to like pop up? That video seems to pop up everywhere. Do you, would you say that that's the most, that video is the one that's out there the most on you, or not? Probably, yeah, I think so, man. I think the visuals have a lot to do with it. You know, we live in a visual age, you know, because a lot of kids, like, they watch movies. Um, like, my son, he likes music that, like, you know, because he saw a movie scene with it. It might be a Frank Sinatra song. It might be um, it might be um, a, a corny song that normally he would probably heard and just never heard it again. But since you know, kids now they you know the visuals you know they kind of are part of it. They yeah. kind of trap you to it. What and, you know what, dude? That that's like you know what that video is on like some and see at that point in time where where Diablo that video is kind of like a representation in many ways. Yeah, of like. Don, the Dawn of the Dead walking crackhead zombies. Right. right? That's what right. it is. That's what yeah. it is, dude. And, uh, Long and that before. was a time, a very certain time when all that was going on, man. Right. Yeah, so, so, was... so, any newbies, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> it's called First Come, First Serve, and you can yep. see it up on YouTube. And I yep. say fucking hit it up. If you want to do a fucking treat and stop fucking crying in your beer and being scratching lame. your ass exactly you want to fucking get up on game uh -huh. go fucking see this goddamn video right and now finally learn something Jesus you should Christ. pause the show right now yeah go watch the video right listen to me watch the video right then come back right and then you'll be kind of tuned in you put a face to it you know what it's like bro it's like 3d glasses if you listen if you don't go see that video and listen now you're only going to hear this in 2d yeah you go fucking listen to the thing yeah. you're going to get the depth perception yep what was your... Wait, wait, wait. Before oh. you go, yeah. just give a quick summary of your guys' uh, backstory just so we understand what the relationship between you and Diablo is, even though true listeners know. Me, Diablo and me both come from the same city. We're both from the same, you know, hood in yeah. Santa Monica, man. We And uh, Diablo is uh, 
when I say neighborhood superstar, well, I've told people that, you know. That's, that's how I always saw him, man. Like, he was really about it, about it, man. And uh, I looked up to him growing up. And, you know, man, the heat, we, we, we ran from the same city, dude. Um, and, and Los is out of my back, dude, forever, man. Whether I was up, down. A way back, right. he'd been there, man, and uh, and that's and you guys boy. are and still here. Yeah, and the thing is, is that like so much of what is popping and cracking and, and, and what they think is cool today, yeah, it really wouldn't be what it is. At least not on this LA tip, if it weren't for people like one of them, my homeboy, who really li- lived that lifestyle, man, was like, like criminals, about it. like me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you it's, know, man? you know, it's an infamy thing. And likewise, Lucky, I've always respected your hustle, man, and you're very innovative and like a mover. And I, I met when I met this guy, I was like, oh, this dude's this dude's a mover and a shaker. He's a, he's a go getter. He's a hustler. And you know, the innovation is incredible, and your vision, you know, to be able to grasp that street life and you know represent it correctly. And you know, so and still be props here. to all three of you guys, man. You guys are doing a great job, you know. Thank Every, you. Everybody Thank that that uh that uh, that hits me up on Instagram, they always refer to your shows how real they are, you know. So, Los, so I'm happy man. to be a part of that, man. Thank and you. And you are. Hey, dude, you know what though? Did Lo, now I'm not just making this up for Go this. ahead. Not, yeah, but, no, no. But Los, you came in, bro. You fucking you lost some weight. You come in, you're like tan. You're like. You're just you just seem clear, man. You just seem yeah. like yeah, are you are like, you like hanging out at the Glen Ivy Spa? Like what nah. the fuck are you doing, bro? Yoga? Your whole, is it your yoga? whole energy though. Your whole energy yeah. though. Oh, thank you, man. You see, you can feel it, man. You yeah, know, absolutely. Thank you. absolutely. I, can feel I appreciate it, that. Absolutely. Yeah, I lost about thirty pounds, man. You know, I you know I don't do nothing. I don't drink. I don't do nothing no more. You know, I just stay focused. And are you sometimes like, it takes you know pain and um, you know loneliness and and, and hurt. And reflection on your life to really, um, you know, to make you say, "Hey, wait a minute," you know, I, I, I need to, I need to start from scratch and just, you know, you know, and just have that, breathe that air, man. I agree, man. And let me ask and you I'm this: good. What was the? Was there a moment yeah. where that button got pushed for you, where you're like, you know what? I'm, t- I'm gonna turn around now. Yeah, I think. I think abandonment, you know, I've been, I, you know, mm. I feel ever since I was a little kid, I have been feeling abandoned, you know, I, I, like I, in my background, I grew up with a, like seven, eight brothers and sisters, which were my, really my cousins, but I didn't know that because I called my aunt Ama because I, you know, I was raised in the same household mm-hmm. until, you know, they left one day, you know, they left me and my mother alone here in Los Angeles. They, everyone went to El Paso. My cousin that I recently went to visit in Juarez, Mexico, he just got out of the feds doing 24 years, and uh, he was saying, you know, how how sad he felt driving away from me, you know, because we were really, really tight. He was like my favorite big brother, you know. He was, mm-hmm. uh, so he said the last memory he has of me is riding my bike and not wanting to see them leave. So I was kind of in the alley riding my bike. They had to come get me to say goodbye to my grandma right. and everybody. Right. And they said that the yeah. last memory they had of me was me holding a rock and looking mad, like I wanted to break something, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, and then all that time in prison alone, no visits, nothing, you know, 10 years, you know, and then coming home. And then I, I was in a relationship, but it wasn't a healthy one. And then they abandoned me, you know what I'm saying, because of, you know, internal issues with that relationship mm-hmm. and just being alone, man, you know what I'm saying? And after I would, you know, sit back and you know 
um, think about it, I started noticing that, you know, I'm not a heavy drinker. I didn't have a problem with it or any or, or drugs, but just doing like if I would drink, I need something more exciting. So I'll snort a little Yayo mm -hmm. with it. And it might only be once a week, but that's once a week too much, man. Because yeah. you lose productivity, you lose, you lose time. Yeah. Um, you wake up the next morning, and, and and it's like a false Holy Spirit upon you. You, it's like you you use up the following day's happiness by getting high one night. You know what I mean? Damn. Or drinking one that's night. Interesting. Because you wake that. up the wow. next morning, you feel like you feel sad, bro. You, you use up you tomorrow's happiness. Think about that, dude. I've never heard that put in those terms. It's, it's a it's, great analogy. That's a fucking it, it, great way yeah. of looking at it. Yeah, man. That's so, true, man. And it hurts. You know what I'm saying? And, mm. and 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 I'm a guy that's had a lot of hurt in his life. So mm. now, you know what I'm saying? Like this, I have. You know, the Bible says. I'm not no religious fanatic or nothing like that, but I do uh, uh, read the, read the Bible here and there, and especially in prison. Um, so there's a part that says something like God only gives you the spirit of joy. So mm. fear and and you know and 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 um, uh, anger and all that yeah, other. Yeah, that's 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 from the enemy, you know. So I really feel when you use that, and as a matter of fact, they refer to drugs as pharmakia in the Bible, which is sorcery. So I feel like it's like a false Holy Spirit. The next morning, you feel sad. You don't want to see nobody. You like mm. you might you might feel like um, tired. You lose productivity when you can. I probably wouldn't have been here if I was partying last night and you guys right. invited me. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. it's just for I think in drugstore cowboy Matt Dillon sums it up something mm -hmm. like um, for all the boredom um, that soberness brings, you get a lot more happiness. You know so. In the long run. In the long run, exactly. Hey, you know what, but, Diablo, I'm listening to you talk, and mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, in the recent like year, let's say, was uh -huh. there a moment where that revelation you just had became crystal clear? Was there something that happened where you were like, it's not worth it? Yeah, yeah. I think partially um, my ex and my son leaving me, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Also, believe it or not, not getting as much productivity out of creating music and, and, and my scratch mixes and stuff like that. Like, damn, I'm I'm still working on this thing, man. You know what I mean? And why am I only motivated to work on it when I'm drinking or something? You know, mm, right? Or or or, or 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 snorting a little yayo and then you know what I mean why does why do I, you know what I mean? So I I felt like man, if I was in prison clear-minded i'll be like damn i wish i was home fucking with the table you know fuck or, yeah or, or just listening to some good music so yeah, you hey man so i said fuck that you know That's what i mean it's time to get back on track and take your mind back to the innocence you know when you didn't when you your only motivation was you know to be creative yeah you know? i think that's right because yeah. there's a there's a holy spirit in creativity right you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. Then when you look, when you work on something, even if it's tough, or you're allowing yourself to bang your head against the wall on some creative issues, and then all of a sudden there's an epiphany, right? Yes, sir. There's no, for me personally, there's no high like that. Right. Yeah. There ain't. And there you know ain't. what too is, I think certainly for gentlemen that have been locked up, and you did you you did a longer stretch than me, uh, Diablo, but yeah. being locked up and being gone. The times that you're in there wishing you could be out here. Mm -hmm. you, I'd be in there thinking, I didn't care if I had a Burger King job. Right, I'd go right. to work every day and do my shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just want to be out. And then when you get out here and you start struggling with bullshit, 
Tough. If you have a way that you can get your mind to get you back to that <laughs> cell, the smell, the taste, that the feeling of that cell, I agree. You'll get gratitude if you can really, really go there. Then you'll realize that every second you have here, you're like fucking that shit off by not doing something. But Steve, I agree, brother. Wait, on that, from your perspective and your experience, what you said, fucking. What really happens to the mindset? Because I, man, what you said just rings true to me, which is like, when you're in there, you're like, fuck it, dude. If I had even a fat girlfriend, I'd be well, happy, right? What yeah. really happens where you lose that dog, that, 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 that understanding, that feeling, that hunger, that gratitude? How long does it take? What's the usual pitfalls where you stop forgetting that shit? You just start getting consumed. You forget, like an alcoholic forgets about his last drink. You slowly start moving away from that, and you start allowing other things to become important. Or, But what part of you is the part that remembers that, that gets shouted down, and then what part of you is the part that stops listening? Like, is it your ego? Yeah, it's ego. It is ego. It's ego and it's gratitude. It's like having finding no humility. You've now lost any type of humility desensitized because of the world and all the attractions around you. Like you, you're out, you're, it's like, at least for me and him. Yeah. We're lucky to be out. Right. Because most guys like us and guys that have done way less stuff, right? Right. Aren't here right now. Okay. Right. So it's, I think for us, man, we should be able to like, look at that man. And like, we're living on a, what we got is cake. We got cake. We got to experience that, but we're out, dude. And it's like, if you ain't, there's a million motherfuckers in there right now waiting in line. Wish they had your life right now. Exactly, man. With all your fucking problems. The other thing, and the same way I look at it to what we're talking about, I also started looking at, okay, Diablo, when you might get stressed out on a fucking, uh, a car note or an insurance bill or the rent. Bro, mm-hmm. you had to do 10 years. They handed yeah. you a fucking prison sentence and said, sit down. <laughs> you made it through that and came out there. And they, what? You tell me, Diablo. What can they put in front of you to make you trip now? Other mm. than killing one of your family members. Other than that, what? Like, There's what not too compare? much, man. There isn't. <laughs> yeah, but bro, I, but bro. And that's well, right when I'm hearing you. But I also know both you gentlemen, and you're both human, okay? And while it's true what you're saying... Right. Sometimes you guys do trip out on shit you ain't supposed I'm, to trip right, out on. I am right. saying Why? that's 100%. Why? What I'm saying is I try more and more to have a clear bookmark or something that I can refer back to that pulls me right back. Right, but I'm place. trying to understand what the mental process is without even any judgments. Because I honestly, to be honest with you. Ego. Because I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about, like, let's say, and this is no disrespect to the guys that are inside, and I shouldn't talk because I've never been inside, so I'm, this is just a fucking bullshit guy saying this shit, but I'm just, the question I have is, I think when you're inside, you can very easily point to a Diablo or a Steve and be like, man, if I was in their shoes, I would have done twice as much as they're doing. You know, my, 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 my. That's easy to say when you're inside. Mm-hmm. But once you're right. outside, right, like you said, Diablo, there's a lot of distractions, and it's and, and 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 if prison was the solution for success, mm-hmm. everybody that went to prison got right. out would be fucking no, billionaires. Of course. So what's the? And I'm not saying this to say like it's a bad or good thing. I actually feel like society glosses over the truth of getting out, knowing you're grateful, 
But then you're also a human being, and part of being human is kind of forgetting the good shit. It just seems like that's what it is. Yeah. And then it's like, so how do we deal with that? And what do you guys, because you've lived, you're actual people who've lived it. What observations can you make about that? I think uh, a setback would be our own mind, you know, because we've been, we've basically been programmed our whole life to um, behave antisocially. So, like, what society. Um, deems as a positive step or, or procedure, like when you're, you know, criminally violated or, you know, something's done against your property or your person, um, you're supposed to call the police, report it, and right. let society handle it, uh, the judicial system. But in our backwards way of, of thinking, that's a no-no. So we have to handle it ourselves. So it could be as simple as some crazy lunatic you know pissing you off in a road rage and doing something like uh maybe bumping your car or threatening you or challenging you and you know your your natural uh reaction is going to be to respond to that um to that challenge so your our own minds we're like we're antisocial. you know it's like everything's backwards about our way of um thinking when you are going by the code and um yeah, even life in prison is backwards. Like, for instance, the holidays. To me, the holidays and to many others, it's like uh, it's kind of depressing. You know, instead of having a turkey dinner or, a, you know, a Thanksgiving dinner, you get your your, your dinner is going to be a sack lunch because they gave you the turkey at lunch. Uh, I'm, so <laughs> instead of looking for, yeah. instead of looking forward yeah. to the weekend. Maybe a lot of guys don't because there's no male movement in the weekend, so you don't have any hope of anybody reaching out and saying, I love you, you know? And then during the week, you, are, you at least have that, that hope. As a matter of Dude. fact, I wrote a poem called Mail Call where I talk about, you know, I made it into a song. It's on my YouTube channel. Um, my channel's Devil Lose, if you care to listen to it. It's called Mail Call. And what it is, it's like, when you hear those guards, you know, every inmate denies it, like, mm. tries to play it <laughs> off. Write a, write a mail call. We all just nonchalant yeah. doing our thing. But really, we're listening. We don't we act name. like we don't care yeah. if, we, if we get called or not. Yeah. But if but deep down, you want your name to be called and receive yeah. that touch from outside. Yes. You know, and, and, and like I said, when the guard comes down to tear with a mail call, for instance, like in the hole, you can hear his keys chattering at yep. a certain time and his mail call. And if you... And if he just walks by and doesn't give you, you any mail, it's just a bunch of keys jingling. It's just a bunch of noise. But if he stops there and gives you some mail, those keys start to jingle like Christmas bells. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, you know, it's just everything is backwards about us from the yeah, way we, we, yeah, we, we live yeah. our week to the way we behave. And it's kind of ridiculous if you think about it for something to set us back after so much accomplishment and actually just getting back home, you know? Mm -hmm. You out. know what's interesting, man. About the what way I, I'm so glad you're here, brother. The way Thank you, you break man. shit down, dude, that was perfect. Is really like Beautiful. there's nobody like you, bro. That. You really. Hey, hey the you, thing, the thing that, that the thing when you were talking about it that it never fully occurred to me, although it would seem like maybe I'm a fucking Nubian and I'm just an idiot, but mm -hmm. <laughs> like as you were talking about it, I realized yeah. one of the points of prison, like if you were to think about like. Okay, society's going to punish, and and there's a discussion to be had about whether society has the right people to punish, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and whether or not they've the criminals that are really bad are getting punished. But I'm I understand all that, but society says, all right, we're going to punish you, and yeah, we're going to put you in a, in a, in a, in a, in a small room, 
and you're not going to be able to go anywhere, and you're going to eat shit, and it's going to be fucking bullshit, blah, blah, blah. But that story made me realize that part of prison is society showing you, like, you know, the people that you think really love you, and that we all, we nobody ever has that love tested mostly in their life, generally. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. you got all this polite shit, and everyone plays the game. Plays the game. But one of the punishments that you're going to face is you're going to have to face the hard truth that not that many people really give a shit about you. Yes. And yeah, now hard life, life's going to proceed with or without you. Yeah. Right, right. Like, right. Like, like when, usually when you die, life proceeds, but you ain't there to witness it, so it, right. it ain't, it ain't going to burn you up. And right. that, and you know what? That would happen to anybody, whether they were a criminal or not. You could take an average Joe off the street who did nothing wrong, say, okay, you're going away. And it's going to be a little bit of an inconvenience for the so-called people in your life that say they love you mm-hmm. to We're reach out. See who We're going to see who does, though. That's a hard yeah. fucking lesson. You don't have to be a criminal to find out that most people don't give a shit about you. But you know what, Diablo? True, would you say true. this true, though, also? like, And I found this. Hey, hey, like, Lucky, let me stop you there. Mm-hmm. What you said about putting your mind back in that, I've always thought about that. I said, man, they should make a program where when you get it too uh, familiar with this free world and you're fucking up that you have an option to go into the jail and tell them lock me up for three days because I thought about that. Yeah, (laughs) dude. They let you get a real good feeling of what it used to be like. Get your act right. Right. Okay, go ahead, brother. Sorry to interrupt Um, Damn, dog. Forgot what I was going to say. Damn, I'm sorry. I always do that. It's all good. I thought I was going to say something. But yeah, man. um, Yeah. Is it? Yeah, Diablo, I I agree, dude. And and those keys that you see, man, like it's and it's hard to explain to somebody who hasn't been busted about like the a certain time when you start hearing a door jiggling with keys, you know it's that time. Yeah. Or you're waiting for that one sound to hear the motherfucking the the, the, the the food trays right yeah. like bang against the right, wall you know right. they're coming to dinner or whatever it might be right you're in a especially like in the hole or in the cell you're paying attention dude to the Everything. shadows the sounds you now like it's incredible what your brain does without your permission right, right. like it starts in confinement to, dude you start to see you can see through. You can see what's going on, right? Just by the way you hear, you can feel vibrations in the air. Wow! And people's voices bouncing off of other things, so you can tell how far somebody is from you, what cell they're at. Dude, that's yeah. fucking Bruce Lee shit. It, but you, Real. but your body, your mind is are just starts to do it. Uh, it starts to recalibrate things. Yeah. Okay, you can't be down there. Perfect. So now we're gonna use all of our superpowers. To get as much clarity as you can. Dude, Perfect. you know what's crazy about what you just said? Because, that you know, like a lot of them, like Asian martial arts, they train motherfuckers years to get to that, sure. right? To, wow. And they call it energy, but it's what you say. It's all this mm-hmm. unconscious picking up of details that is mapping out the world for you to know what's actually happening before your eyes can even tell you. I, right. I hear people like you, I've heard, and I did some whole times, a few time, and I've heard people like, ah, how did you not go crazy? And some people go crazy, and how could you be in a room? Yeah. And I could, I was locked up for 24 hours, and I couldn't have it. And I started thinking about it, and it's like, to me, I didn't really second guess it. It's just... You do what you got to do, and yeah. but as I step back further and further from it, there are some effects, and there are some shit like to that kind of like, like you might say to yourself when you were getting out, "Oh, I'm not fucking institutionalized." I know people are institutionalized, yeah. but, I'm not, 
But then as you start to like kind of resettle back in, mm -hmm. you start to realize I am a little off. Yeah. Like I am, yeah. you know, have you found, have you found that through the years? I mean, it's been a while since you got out, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know what you mean. Like I, you know, I don't like when I first got out, I couldn't just, uh, just be, to be able to look from say, uh, say to look at the ocean from on top of a mountain or a street and be able to look all the way into, you know, all the way down the street, like far, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, um, to be able to see a mile, whatever the human vision allows, mm -hmm. um, to where before you were, your vision was, um, um, compacted to walls, buildings, um, the right. prison gate. You didn't even have and, to focus. Your eyeballs so, didn't even need to focus. They didn't even have to exercise like that because you just mm. everything's in front. Of, think about that. Yeah. So, right. yeah, and, and you're right. Do people do hear stuff and they start to imagine things? Like I had a crazy ass neighbor. You know, he in the cell next to me. He was a homie. He was a south sider, troublemaker. He would always uh, start problems. Like I think he was in the hole that time for starting a fight with a paisa over a piece of chicken that they stole. <laughs> Or a chicken that they both smuggled out of the kitchen because they both worked in the prison. Yeah. But this was like his second or third problem that he caused where we were about to go into riot mode and <laughs> had to damn. and had to, you know, find a solution other than that. And he was now in the hole for beating up. He was a giant dude. But this guy, as big and powerful and strong as he was, um, his mind was kind of weak because mm. a after a few weeks, I remember he would tell me through the through through uh, uh, he would call me on my cell phone <laughs> which, is, which is an air vent yeah right. he, he would talk to me and tell me <laughs> he would say hey diablo i said what's up man and he said uh there's demons coming out of my mirror homie he said cover up your mirror homie because there's demons coming out of there and then one time he had a dream he said he had a dream that um some bird flew into his wife's uh bedroom window and then that 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 bird turned into this. He called him the ugly Cuban. There was some Cuban on the yard, <laughs> and, and he referred to him as an ugly Cuban. He said that the that the bird turned turned into the ugly Cuban and fucked his wife. <laughs> so so now he was plotting to uh, get back on the yard and kill this motherfucker. He said he was gonna stab him and shit. Because the dude, wow, wow. fucked his so, wife. Hey, well, you know what? It's interesting that you talk about that because the mind is a terrible thing to waste. Yes. That's true. Because mm. I was thinking about that, and, um, you know, your moniker, you know, one of the handles you go by is Diablo. Yeah. And you do talk a little bit about, you know, that there is a dark side of spirituality or that spirit world or whatever. Have you experienced any of that? Like, have you, I mean, like, what about, like, you know, like, with drugs and, and all that? Does that connect you with that dark side, or what happens? I you know what, man? I, I I see these people, these people on the streets, yeah. on the streets that are walking around, having an argument or, or or a conversation with something invisible, right? And I'm like, man, that, that that those motherfuckers are actually talking with something, right? Um, because, like, for instance, one day I was at the beach playing my music, and this small woman, very like five feet, if anything. Tall was standing near me while I'm bumping my radio at the beach doing some push-ups. She kept getting closer to me, just staring at me. Something about her stare just, uh, it just like, un I felt uncomfortable. Right. So then I moved away to another location, kept doing push-ups. <laughs> and then she got closer and she was looking at me. Now she's looking angry and mumbling something. Oh, man. And I tell this lady, I said, uh, I said, hey, get away from me. I tell this lady. <laughs> and she says, 
she she tells me, uh, chinga tu madre, Carlos. She said she what? was in Spanish. She said, chinga, vete a tu casa y juega con tu música. You know what I'm saying? Con tu aparato. She's telling me, go home and play with your new equipment, mm. your musical equipment. And I'm like, what the hell? How, I don't know this woman, you know. So right. I think they really communicate with some kind of spirits, just like the 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 Spaniards got to uh, Mexico and they tried to threaten the natives, the the Aztecs, that the horses would eat would eat would eat Indians, and that the dogs could read the Indians' minds right. if they didn't follow, you know, the program that they would let the horses eat the Indian eat them basically the Aztecs, and the Aztecs went and consulted with their with their gods. And a couple of days later, they came back and told the Spaniards, said, no, you lied. Those horses are just dumb animals. Um, they don't eat Indians. And those dogs are dumb animals. They can't read our minds. He said, and you eat the same thing that we eat. Yeah. Our gods have consulted with us and told us. So, hey, they, you know what I mean? It's very interesting, man. Um What's well, well, going back to the to what you do because I kind of, you know, I'm gonna tell you straight up. I mean, this is just my own personal feeling. There, there is a, you're out there. My feeling about you, Diablo, is that you're an artist. Okay. Thank you, bro. And I'm not saying that to blow smoke up your ass. I'm actually saying it to I hope, hopefully, to maybe light some fires. Yes, sir. Because you're an artist. It, to the extent that, you know, Steve and I know Blue Eyes, like, we, we love your words. We love when you come on. We watch your videos. And some of it's funny. Like, some of it's kind of funny and comical. And you have a, com <laughs> a, a comical side. You got to have, mm -hmm. you got to find, uh, you know, you got to find joy in life, comedy in life. You got to laugh at all this crazy shit. But the, the thing is, is that those videos you post, what's your IG handle for everyone who's listening? Um, Devil Los 1700. So, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what. There's a lot of big titty bitches that I bypass their fucking videos. But when you post <laughs> uh, Streetwalker, who's just like talking in the air, or has a boner or whatever, this weird thing or directing traffic in the middle of fucking West Hollywood, <laughs> whatever that is. Right. I always right. check it out because I'm like, this is this is weird. Yeah, like, what's man. going on? That's crazy. And you're like one of the yeah. few people that seems to be without anybody telling you to do it. No one's paying you. Right. It's like you're actually genuinely interested in, in revealing like this is what's going. This is is this. What is this? Well, I see a motherfucker that look like Charles Manson. I, you know, <laughs> I like to get my clown on. So, <laughs> you know, so I grew up. We grew up bagging on each other, you know, making right. Fun. We were so poor. We would bag on each other for entertainment. That's what and, we did. And we and we got we got mighty good at it. So sometimes I just, you know, I just. You know, I just like to bag on life, you know, like, you know, so I see a lot of human beings doing committing like some strange behavior, like right. interest me because I like psychology. Right. And also because I'm a true believer in, in demon possession. Um, I think when I was doing a lot of more when let's say when I'm not a good guy, like 100 percent, we're all good and evil. I think Richard right. Ramirez said that. The night stalker, and he's right, you know what I mean. But when I was uh, a pretty uh, active uh, gang member, um, and I committed some stuff that you know that you know would be considered evil, I used to get a lot of episodes of this sleep paralysis, what they call, but I call it demon possession, where I couldn't move and I was just frozen. Fuck. And it's like the most horrible feeling in the world. I've had that. They wanted, you know. And man, so I one day a paisa in prison told me, he said, "Hey man, when that happens to you, he said, um, 
He said, call out for Jesus. And when I invoked the name of Jesus, it seemed like whatever demon was putting pressure on my body when I'm, I'm awake now. You know, I'm in that state between about to sleep but still awake, conscious, right. and your eyes are even right. open. Yes. When I invoked his name, it got mad at me. It was like choking me, you know, but it had to release me because his name is too powerful, you know. So, Steve, have you ever had that? That So, like, I've had— Yeah, when you, I was on meth, I had something like that happen. Wow. And uh, well, I was wrestling with a fucking something. With something. Yeah, bro. Now, I as we stand fucking... here, no bullshit. I still, to this day, do you I really was wrestling think... with something. Yeah, dude. There was something fucking a spirit, dude. Fucking something. Yes. Oh, blue eyes? What do you think about Physically that? Physically wrestling with it. Uh, it's never happened to me. Well, let me ask you this, oh, blue eyes, because I've had this experience probably, I would say, a dozen to 20 times in my mm -hmm. life, where just like you said, I was going to sleep or I was waking up out of sleep. There was a rushing in my ears. It was like... <laughs> I've heard of that. And I couldn't move, but I was mm. awake. Mm. And I felt like I had to wake, I'd say something. And I would try to talk, and I, would, couldn't. It, I couldn't. I've nope. had it happen nope. like maybe five or six times. And I could barely breathe. Yeah. And right. I, and I was stuck, and I was like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had it happen like five or six times. There's like some classical paintings that they have. <laughs> That where they show there's like some classical paintings I've come across um, where they have some sort of demon like a little hob hobgoblin little hobbit yeah. demon looking thing sitting on a woman's chest while she's sleeping. Succubus. Like, yeah. Succubus. 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 Oh, sucked blue eyes. Puss. <laughs> Succubus. Yeah. Hey, oh, blue eyes. You've never had a, like a sleep paralysis thing? Yeah. No. Wow. It is scary, dude. It's a very, it is scary. Time, bro. It's a very personal thing. And I like, never, I never felt like good yeah. about it ever. Yeah. Every time that it's happened, and, and I've always felt an overwhelming sense of dread and fear when exactly. it happened. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. true. Yeah. That's from the enemy. I mean, you could yeah. call it the enemy. Yeah. I don't know what it is because I never saw anything. I definitely was stuck, and I definitely felt, felt dread. Well, right. what, what I'm, what you're saying is not the same. But that's not the same thing as wrestling. No, the wrestling thing was something else. Yeah, what was yeah. that? I, I just I, I'd been up for I'd been up for a while on meth and uh, where wow. were you at my mom's house? Okay, and I was in the room, and I was reaching to go pull a window in. I was going to go turn the thing so the window closed in. Right, and curtains, and fucking something grabbed my. I felt something grab me. Oh shit! The on your wrist? On my wrist, dude. And I was like wrestling with this thing, man. Like, could you see? <laughs> I couldn't see it. It's incredible. It was physically grabbing me, and I was like trying to pull me. And I was trying to. Was it strong? It. Yeah, it was strong, but it was only for fucking like five seconds. What did you do after that? I tripped before. I was like, oh, fuck. I went outside. I was like, fucking. <laughs> I, I I was like, I just couldn't understand. At first, I thought there had to have been somebody there, but there was no way there at all. And then I'm looking at like the way the windows are. Right. There's nobody. Somebody could have been standing there doing that from the level. It's like fucking. How do you move on from that that night? Like, did you sleep with a cross? No, but I definitely slept with a gun in my hand. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, I slept with a loaded gun. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. And I Creep. had a feeling that it was something bigger than what a gun could take care of. You know? Right. Anyways. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just so, like, it's just like. I remember one time I was hanging out with this with, with, with this uh, buddy of mine, and he was he was tripping. He had like he had like two hundred three hundred dollars worth of dope in his hand, um, crack in, in the form of um, no. This was actually just blow. 
Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and he did some big ass lines. And then a little <laughs> while later, I'm looking for him, and he's in the restroom with the shit right over the toilet bowl, saying, um, they, "Hey, hey, they're coming in through the window." Right. I said, right, "Who?" Right. He said, "They're coming in through the window." He's about to flush it, and I'm telling him, "I said, man, there ain't nobody there." And he'd be like, "They're behind." I said, "Man, there's nobody there. Nobody that you, nobody that's uh, made out of flesh and blood." I mm-hmm. said, "There's something there, all right." But but it's it's not it's not of this world. This is a spiritual battle you, you you're suffering from, homie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you don't got to flush that dope. They ain't gonna, <laughs> ain't gonna rest it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, man. I I was sitting there and I'm thinking about like I flushed some dope, dude. Did you? Yeah, a number of times, bro. Wow. Thinking they were coming through the door. Not not. And I'm, let me be clear. Not like fucking quantities of fuck like that. I'm saying personal use stuff. You know? No, no, no. At no. times I'd been up just too long, and I thought That's they crazy. were coming in through the door, and I flushed it. And then how long did it take for you to be like, what the fuck did I just do? Um, sometimes it would, uh, it happened a few times. Sometimes it was like f- maybe a few minutes later. And sometimes it was like I was still tripping for another few hours before I was finally like, fuck. Let me ask you a question. What is the, what is the conscious experience of that? Because in my imagination, it's, you're, you're kind of paranoid, but you kind of have a loose grasp on it. And then at some point, you really come to and realize you flushed your dope. And the thing kind of seems like a, a bad dream and you didn't. It's so realistic when it's happening that, that you do what you have to do because it really seems real. Right, but is there any gaps in the consciousness for you later, or do you, or is yes. it all together? Yes, yes, there are gaps, but as soon as I get more drugs in me, those gaps go away. And then, is there anybody <laughs> that's ever been able to master the paranoia and say, and like you know, in a beautiful mind, the way that that movie resolves, and it's a true story for this Fukakta fucking professor, is that he just recognizes these are phantoms of my mind. He doesn't; they don't go away. He just realizes like it's fake. And he just goes with that, and he goes on the rest of his life. Right. Has anybody in the yayo game, the like, yayo game. <laughs> has anybody ever uh, mastered that? Okay, this is fake. I, I feel it feels real, but I know it's fake, so I'm gonna set it aside and just keep fucking going. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah, all of them, all, all of them do that. I would. I would. I would be up so much, so many days on meth and even some coke, but meth and stuff and hallucinating wow. thinking that I would look through the keyhole of a fucking like a motel or hotel. Yeah. And I would see the fucking SWAT teams lined up. You know, when you look That's through those crazy. little eyes, oh. they'd be lined up counting five. And I'd be see the guy like this. Wow. He's looking like this. Look, Juman, he's got full gear on. He's going like this. <laughs> it's like, counting off on his fingers. Like, and they're like, and I can hear. I can hear all of it. That's crazy. And I fly, fling open the door after I had tortured myself for hours of them mm. not coming in. I'm waiting for them to come in the door and they're not for hours. I'm dripping sweat. Till finally I get so sick of it. I'm like, fuck it. You know what? Fuck if they're it. out there, cross that threshold. Oh, fuck it, man. They're going to fucking take me. And I'd. Fling open the door and there's nobody whoop, in the fuck. There's some cleaning lady down at the end of the hall. Right? <laughs> so then I'd close yeah. the door. I'd be like, fuck. And as soon as I do a line and look at that glass aisle, they'd be lined it's up. It's on and cracking again. Do over and over. And I'd spend like fucking a couple days tripping like this, bro. Damn. That's torture. amazing. Torture. That's torture. Horrible. Torment. Horrible. Yeah. So that's. that's yeah. 
what I see in these people walking around like torment. And you know what? I went recently. I took a trip to El Paso, uh, Texas, and Juarez, Mexico. And over there, throughout a whole month, I see people and poor people in Juarez on the street, but not acting, not acting like they, these people in Los Angeles do, where they're yelling and walking with their pants on their ankles and screaming and arguing with something. You don't see that you over there. Why is that? We live in a crazy city, man. I mean, we do. The city of fallen angels. You think there's so much of that coming from there, right? It's coming out of there, but they don't. They're not. They don't have it like us. They're not setting up condos on the street. You know what? You you know. You know what you were talking about reminds me of that scene from Boogie Nights. I think it's a deleted scene where, where they're like really. They're doing a bunch of crank. We'll fucking, you know, we don't even have to pay him once we get him. And they're on the table. I will will do it. I will do it. You're always trying to fucking control everything, man. You don't even let us know where you're getting the fucking shit. They're like cutting all this crank. They're all out of their minds. They're all in a tiny room. They're sweating. Every time I talk to him, I've tried to convince him on the phone. He's not polite. I think they're taking your song ideas. Yeah, I that's think what I told you. They need time to keep yeah, the tapes. So all, they can get the songs. I mean, they cinematically did it, okay, you know, courier, to make okay. it. Yeah, yeah. And they like start screaming at each other, like check the spy hole. Yeah, check the spy hole. I'll be honest with you. I never even got that down and dirty with people. I'd be by myself. Right, I get so right. weird. I couldn't be around people. Right. I'd be too weird. Man. But what did you what did you <laughs> got over there, Los? What you no, no, got? no, no. All right, so no, listen. No, 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 no. No, listen. Los, Los brought in um, some talking points. We keep it real here because Los was like, I got to respect his pregame. Uh, yeah, it shows prepared. a lot of respect, yes. you know, and a lot of heart that he was like, you know what? I got some topics I want to go over. Yeah. And he had me print them up, and I was happy to do it. And one of the things that he put in here that that you and I both, and I think Obu eyes were like, what the fuck is that? Prison airport. Oh yeah, that was just I was um once one time when they transferred me from, I believe I was going from Victorville, federal prison, and they were shipping me to uh, Fort Worth, Texas, and you know they put me on this plane, right? So let me preface it. Before that, I seen a lot of uh, just getting to the airport in Victorville, which is like a military runway. Um, I noticed there was a lot of vans and a lot of extra security, and I'm like, wow, I wonder who's on this flight with us. Um, and they had actually gave us a heads up on who was on the flight. You know, it, it, it was, let's say it's one of uh, um It was Epstein, one right? of the One of the big guys. Nah, just <laughs> bigger than that, you know. Uh, one, 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 one of uh, our big guys going with us, you know. So, uh, oh, all right. So they had him. Like um, extra security, they had even um, some helicopters hovering to get this guy that was going with us. Um, Before on- you go, you don't mm-hmm. have to say who it is, and I understand all that. But just describe the security precautions they had to have for this dude. I mean, they had they had helicopters hovering with fifty millimeter um, gunners on it. Um, Do we, did he have chains like full on chains? Yeah, we all, we all had that. We all had that. Did they give him a Hannibal Lecter mask? No, he didn't have that. He didn't have that, but. It's it's just it's just very interesting, man. All the without, precautions. Without saying anything, mm-hmm. why did they need the helicopters? He's, I mean, I'm not saying this because, in any disrespectful way. He's, but he's a guy. You know what I mean? Because like, I think he had, I think he had plotted an escape, um, <sighs> not prior to that, and he was actually 
Um, he was actually ratted out, you know. Um, Fuck. And when they're getting him on the plane, it was just very interesting the way he walked up the steps. What do you mean? Like the president. He was like the president. They had him up there first. They got him in the plane. And when we got on the plane, we, you know, that's just that part of the loading us on the plane. But did the guards, too, kind of treat him like the president? Like, did they know they had a VIP? Uh, of course. Man. They, of course, man, you know. Imagine um, that. They, they, they were afraid to consult with this man when we were back in the prison to go ask him as, for a, as simple as going to ask him a question in the back, you know, where they had him um, locked down in the shoe. Okay, hold on. I'm just trying to put my mind... Like in the, think about being a person, and I'm I'm not even gonna put a like a good or bad on it. Forget all that, but just think about being a human being in the United States right. with the level of power. I mean, he doesn't have a weapon on him. He's in prison, right? He could, he might, but he I might. mean, he doesn't makeshift makeshift weapon. But he wouldn't he wouldn't have a fifty caliber fucking machine right. gun, nope. right? Think about Sean. Think about this. Just a man with his mind, right? That probably is the most dangerous thing that he's got. Exactly. And it's so powerful that even the people that are supposed to be guarding him and they mm -hmm. have the weapons are scared. Exactly. Think about that, Sean. That's some real, like, fuck all the comic books and Lex Luthor and that bald prick. That's real life. Yeah. For, for instance, there was a couple of guys on the yard, you know, that... um. That uh, that that he was personally pissed off at that had something coming, you know. Yeah. And they, and they re they had him on keep away status from us, Southsiders, you know. So those guys, I don't know what it was. They just, I'm sure they knew that it was not going to happen. But they asked to be able to wreck with us in order. In, in in other words, when we wreck, we're on lockdown status. When we wreck, we come out, and only certain groups that you know that we're okay with to come out with can come out they were supposed to be kept away from us um but they requested to come out because they wanted i guess they wanted to prove they were good or whatever um but you know we would ate them up like piranhas man you know we're the mighty south side man so, you know so that wasn't happening they weren't gonna let them out so a guard had a question was wanted to ask the guy that had our block if it would be okay to let them out and and they already know the answer i think they just wanted to have fun with it you know so they called him in and the homie asked me to come with him as a witness you can't just go into a cop's office by yourself you have to have a witness with you another homie so you can say yeah everything's all good this is what we talked or this is what him and the cop talked about so they, the cop asked him is it okay to let these two dudes out with you guys to wreck and the homie told him yeah sure why not you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they said and the cops said yeah right, man. You got you guys will tear him up in, in, in two seconds, and then and then and he said, yeah, because they asked us to wreck with let you, let them wreck with you guys um, in the day room, and they even told me to go back there and ask, you know, the person that's from on high if they if it's okay, but the cop said they want me to go ask you know go to the back in the shoe and ask this man a simple question: Can they wreck with the Southsiders? <laughs> He said, but the cop said, I'm not going to go back there and bother that man with, with a stupid question I already know the answer to. So that tells me, like, wow, they don't even want to ask him a question, you know. Mm -hmm. Wow. Go bother him. All right, so you know. 
This VIP gets his thing, and you're going on the plane. Then what? Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm getting my, my chains checked because they check you. You know, they fully check your How body. big are these chains? You no, know, they're ankle chains and your wrist chains. Um, shackles. Shackled to your wrist and going on. Normal. And, um, normal chain. And uh, so we get on the plane, and we fly – uh, we flew, I think, to Colorado from Victorville to get to. I'm thinking I'm going straight to Texas because they were transferring me to a federal prison in Texas, Fort Worth, FCI. And right. So, but it made like a few stops around the country. I think was we went it to Colorado. So- was it a Southwest flight? Mm-hmm. It was Con Air. It's actually referred to as Con Air, which I was amazed. Like, I thought it was just a movie. Right. <laughs> and they do use those old ass airplanes. They do. I was like a window seat where I could see the wing, and they had duct tape around one portion of the damn wing. And I'm like, uh, damn, man, man. I'm afraid of heights. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not afraid to fly. I'm just afraid to die, man. Right. So I was like, what the fuck? That shit's duct tape, homie, look. So man. in the air, that part of the wing was like flapping up and down, oh. like, a, like a little panel of it, you know, like a pretty large-sized panel. I'm like, wow. Man. And then I'm more paranoid because I'm all shackled up. And <laughs> to top it off, I wasn't even um, feeling too good because the night before, I had a, I had a celly from 18th Street, and me and him went to go. They let us out to go shower, you know. And at this time, we're like in a state of, you know, uh, battle readiness. Well, we always are, but it's just a lot of stuff was going on at that time in Victorville. So when we went to shower, the cop went in there and searched our cell. He found. He found our knives. He found um, he found some pruno that the homie was making. And when we got back into the cell after our shower, because it let you out two at a time, you know. Mm. When we got back in the cell and getting changed up and stuff, the homie tells me, he said, "Hey Diablo, they found they found the shanks, man." I said, "Really? Damn!" So he like the pruno's still here. Mm. And I said, "Really?" And right when he said that, the cop came to the door, big ah. ass, big ass co, and he knocks on the window. He says. Hey man, I found you guys' knives, and I, and we look at him. I said, "What knives? We don't got no what. What knives are you talking about? We don't know nothing about no knives." Mm-hmm. And he said, well, "It's all good, man. I'm not going to report these. I'm just going to take these home from my collection." And he says, "You Southsiders are some good craftsmen." And then he tells me, "Uh, I left you guys your pruno though," and he walks away. So then the homie's like, "Man, let, let's drink this shit." I mm-hmm. said, "Why? It's not ready. It's only been there like a." A night or two nights, you know, you got to leave it for a while. I'm not no pruno chemist, but I know it wasn't good enough. Ready, yet. It wasn't man. ready. Yeah. But he wants to drink because he thinks they're going to come back and take it. So right. we drank that shit. I don't even drink, but it, I was leaving. So I was like, fuck it. I'll have a drink with the homie. So, um, yeah, I don't. I didn't drink. I don't smoke weed, nothing in prison, man. You know, right. the fuck I'm going to celebrate in there, you know, another mm. day of, of loneliness. Mm. Uh, so yeah, but if he's gonna take it, you might as well strike while the iron's yeah, hot. Yeah, I just drank it for you know medicinal posterity, whatever you might <laughs> say. Legacy, because I was leaving. I was leaving. Yeah, we got loaded. You know, what I mean, yeah. we danced around in there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 then on That's the next day funny. on the plane, yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling like shit because that shit is still cooking in my stomach. Oh yeah, and I'm feeling like garbage. You know, can you take a shit on that plane? No. Yeah, on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you can go freestyle, but I don't know how happy. You go free willy. <laughs> I don't know how happy the other guys will be. Yeah, yeah right. But, uh, you know, we got, we landed finally in Oklahoma. 
And I'm telling the homie, I said, hey, man, is this, is this what we, you know, is this Fort Worth? He's like, nah, this is Oklahoma, homie. And I said, okay. So what are they going to do? They're going to get us off this airplane here and then buses to uh, Texas? He's like, no, we're going to stay here tonight. I said, stay where? Where are they going to house us at? He says, we're going to stay inside of there. And I'm saying, man, it, I'm looking at a giant, a big building, an airport. I'm seeing planes. They were, I'm saying. Like I'm, a hangar? No. No, like an airport. Like an airport. Like John Wayne. Like, I could be an airport from a small town or something. Right. Know? And I'm like, right, right. I'm Burbank. Like, where are they going to house us? And, and, and he said, in there. I said, well, that's an airport. He said, he said, he said, bingo. That's where they're gonna house us at. I said, <laughs> they got cell, they got they got cells in there. He said, that whole thing is a prison. It's called the Oklahoma Transfer Center. And when we went in there, I was like, I was like shocked. It was like I was in L.A. County. They got wall to wall inmates walking in unison in lines going this way and that way. And it's just like, wow. I said, these motherfuckers got jailing motherfuckers and prisoning motherfuckers down to a science, man. You know. Damn. These yeah. motherfuckers ain't playing, so. Did you pull up pictures of it? I'm pulling it up right now. <sighs> yeah, so it, it, it was pretty interesting. And then in there, we had to handle some business, man. It, it, that, that shit, that shit, them politics never leave you, man. Ugh. I was happy to get out of Victorville because it was such a violent place, you know? Man. And just, you know, and just, you know, just that living that way, man, it, it, it takes a toll on you, you know what I mean? Um, you know, being in the hole. Um, knowing that in two or three days they're going to unlock those cells after you've had a riot, you know what I mean? After there's been a riot between us, for instance, it might have been the blacks or the northerners. Listen, or the, listen I, yeah. I don't mean to apologize. That's I'm, all good. Federal Transfer Center, FTC, Oklahoma City, is a United States federal prison for male and female inmates. This is on Wiki for uh, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds if they want to do their own fucking research. Female inmates. In Oklahoma City, it's operated by the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Uh, the, it houses offenders, parole violators who have yet to be assigned to a permanent prison facility. So that's what Lois is talking about. Uh, most of those that go in there will come out, and it's located right next to Will Rogers World Airport. Uh, and it's the main hub of the Justin Prisoner and Alien Transportation System, popularly known as Con Air. Wow. Prisoner and Alien Transportation Center. You know, we could do an entire show breaking down how that fucking thing works. Anyway, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt uh, you. I just oh, wanted no, to give a little bit of a... Uh, uh, whatever for everybody. Background story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I didn't know some. I didn't know a lot of that. <laughs> That's fucking insane. It's yeah, crazy. yeah. It's just so. It's incredible the way it's built. You know, it's like wow, dude. Man. It looks like. I mean, it's like giant fucking two giant panel building. Maybe it changed a little bit from when you were, right. but it's like it's got. First of all, it's got of course the American flag, right? A of fucking course. okay. And then it looks like a giant wall. Two panel wall would just, and I'm talking, it looks like it's about 20 something stories tall. Wow. It's huge. Yeah. I look at that, yeah. Sean. I mean, it's like, and there's two sides to it on the other side, too, and it's in the shape of a diamond. And they're flying motherfuckers in and out of there in chains. Don't it's, it's shaped like a diamond because they're making money out of all them mm -hmm. fools in there. Mm -hmm. That's oh, a gold mine. Listen, how much <laughs> do you want to bet? That anything that they don't want on the books to import and export out of the United States goes through that. Right, right. I right. mean, how much do you want to bet? 
You know no, what I'm I mean? With, like I'm fucking cocaine, underage kids, whatever you want to fucking bring in probably goes through that system. Because who's the one keeping track of it? It's the Fed. And who's overlooking that? Nobody knows. And nobody's going to check it. Right. And those flight logs, you think they're accurate? And what kind of pilot wants to fly Con Air with duct tape on the fucking wing? That's exactly what I said. And I, that co- kind of comforted me. I said, well, if this motherfucker feels it's safe enough for him to fly it, then hopefully I'll be okay. Well, you better hope <laughs> that it isn't one of them 9-11 dudes that's high as fuck. Yeah. And it's like, fuck it, I'll fly it. It's better than fucking getting butt rammed over in fucking Oklahoma. Yeah, the, weird, the world got a million weirdos in it. One, Dude, there's some guy went on a fucking airplane tried to light his underwear on fire. Uh, Think about really? that. Yeah, the underwear bomber. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Shoe man. bomber, underwear <laughs> bomber, all those weird fucks, bro. <laughs> hey, Los, what are you, what's going on with, uh, with the rap, with the music shit, dog? What's going on, dog? Are you making new music now? Right I, now? I, I, I'm, I'm, getting, you know, I'm getting my feet wet with it. I'm getting some new technology that, you know, I just got this new machine, the MPC Live 2 is... It's fun because I was making beats and doing all that stuff before I got cracked. So yeah. now I just got to catch up on the technology a little bit because it's all so condensed. There's more of it and condensed in that mm. powerful machine. Sean, you are a fan yeah. of Los's work and you know a lot about technology. Yep, sure. uh, what direction? I mean, not that Los needs a direction, but like yeah. in terms I of do. A, a vision, <laughs> a vision of where you could see him filling a void that's out there right now in the music slash spoken word game, whatever. What are some thoughts that you might have as a fucking expert, bro? I just want to see him, you know, get good at the NPC. And, and, okay. Uh, I, have I, a, I have a question for you, Sean. Go yeah. I'm thinking about getting a Moog, uh, a Moog keyboard and yeah. lay down some bass lines and stuff like that. But... Then other people tell me just get a controller. Yeah. What what do definitely. you what do you suggest that I start with a controller? And explain those for people who don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Please. So a controller would be one that controls like software. Okay. So like VST. So you could get a hundred different. You could get keyboards. the mood within that, right? Yeah, definitely. All right, okay. slow down. Okay, because you guys are talking inside. The <laughs> the I'm gonna help you learn how the to mood. teach people what you're fucking talking about. What's a moog? That's a like a like a analog keyboard. Okay, and an analog keyboard for people a, who don't know what an analog keyboard is is what is like a it's like a basically a synthesizer with a bunch of knobs on it, and tweak. you can tweak them, and they make all kinds of different weird sounds. So an actual fucking keyboard that you would buy and play. Yeah. yeah. And what makes a Moog a Moog? Because there's a million keyboards. It's made by Bog Moog. You know what? But what makes it the Moog is remember in high school like these little films they would show us like science fiction films or science films or all those weird sound effects came from a Moog like old UFO documentaries all them interesting so them sounds are interesting to me that's why I want okay so a Moog is named after Bob Moog who created one of the original synthesizers Uh, that was used for all the fucking UFO weird sounds is there any famous tracks that we know all the 80s new wave music everything Okay, so yeah. now you understand. All right, now a controller you're saying. All right, now the controller you're saying, Sean, yeah. is a software application that turns any PC with the proper sound card. No. Okay. It's a me. hardware, uh, basically like a keyboard that doesn't actually play anything, and then you hook it up to your computer, and your computer hosts software that acts like 
a Moog or acts like a Rhodes keyboard or acts like a, all these different other keyboards. You could even have like violins or people singing and you wow. can control all of this with like a piece of hardware that looks Great. like a, a Excellent. Piano. Okay, so now Los is asking you, should I get the actual Moog itself or should I get a controller? You went right into, well, just get the software. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. Is there any benefit to having the original piece of equipment? The Good Moog? question. Good yes. Question. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so can you explain it? So when I ask you questions like this, right? When I, Originally when I was like the expert, Sean, and da-da-da-da-da, right. I wanted you to do a more breakdown, not just like, yeah. I want him to do what he wants. I think if you're just going to buy one thing... Mm -hmm. You should definitely go with the hardware because, right. like, if you buy a Moog, you're only going to have one sound. Limited. One, yeah, you're going to have a serious limitation. Now, if you were into being, like, a collector and having, like, a bunch of different mm. keyboards, then, yeah, go for the Moog because it's, I mean, first of all, the Moog's expensive. Right. Unless you buy, like, a mini Moog, which is, you know, st mm -hmm. still going to cost you, you know, around $1,000 or whatever. Right. Right. But what's but, the benefit to the actual, the actual Moog itself? If 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 Los said fuck it, prestige sound. Uh, the, you can get really crazy with the sound. You could get really heady with like how you control it in like these VCOs, like voltage controlled stuff. You could wow. really get sick with uh, with piping some some MIDI into it and yeah. that sort of thing, and getting crazy with the sounds. But like if you want a range of sounds, yeah, stick with the. Maybe I'll start with that, bro. Hardware. Thank you, man. Yeah, you know what? Because I, I, I was thinking more along the lines of, and and because Diablos is asking a question because I feel like Diablos is like right in a kind of um like a two piece aspect to his brand, and the one part of it is Diablos has a real strong foot in authenticity. Right, right. that's his strong suit. Right. I mean, you can say whatever you want about the man, but you can't say that he wasn't there and he didn't do it. Right. right. He lived it. Right. Right. So when I hear that, I think, you know what? That seems more like a Moog thing because <laughs> it's the real thing. It was really like there. It. It's a little bit from the past, but yeah. so are you. Right. Oh, a real yeah. fucking thing. And so maybe he would be able to create a more soulful, authentic. 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 That's exactly what I was. I believe. You know, I think I want both of them. Well, you will eventually yeah. have both yeah. of them. Hey, what's up? A big, big lap for, for Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, big lap and uh, old Schmidt. Two minutes, big lap. <laughs> <laughs> what up, brother? And but what what I want to go back to, and I want to actually give you. I don't need to give you any permission, Sean. No. Actually, but you're eventually going to be a producer. You already are, but I need. You don't understand that, like, I respect your production skills, and I know that you have some of these thoughts in place, and I want you to be able to feel, like, really going balls out. You might be wrong. Sometimes I'm wrong. Fuck it. But I would rather mm -hmm. have that, because I feel like people who tell Diablos, like, oh, get the controller, they're thinking about it from a stance of what's the most bang for your Mass buck. Mass production. Right. And I'm thinking, like, that's not Diablo. Couldn't, right. you, couldn't you see... Can you kind of see Sean? Can you see it? Like, I could kind of see Sean. Green together. juice in the house. Green juice in the house. I could see Sean putting together some music and working with his spoken word and getting him the right sounds and letting Diablo do his spoken word. And you guys together could probably create 
some dope ass shit. I don't know duel. why you're waiting for. Yeah, when you're and when, me and Jumon would be certainly be promoting this shit everywhere and blowing it up. Right. When you ready, if you if you want me to come over and and talk there about this go. stuff and and bring some stuff over to there show you, you some stuff, that'd be awesome. I'd be definitely down to do that. Because what yeah. I'm trying to tell you, Sean, yeah. you That's got right awesome. here, you got the raw material right. of something that you can't find in the marketplace right now. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. I've said it from the gate. It's, it, I mean, it genuinely. Now, look, is is Diablos ever going to be fucking, you know, some whatever? We don't know. But what we do know is that no one's got his voice. And uniqueness right, right now is a premium. Right. And most, and from a, you know, and I'll tell you what, I'm reading. Listen, God damn it. Let's cut the fucking bullshit. Let's get down to brass tacks. I'm reading Jimi Hendrix's bi uh, biography right now. Okay. Really? Yes. Okay. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I didn't really understand. I knew he was the greatest guitar player, blah, 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 right? But I didn't really understand a lot about what his story was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things that comes through is that he's the one that invented this sort of psychedelic blues rock. He invented that. It wasn't wow. a thing until he came along. And he was a black dude at a time when it wasn't that dope to be a black dude necessarily. Right. Okay. He played with the Isley Brothers. He oh, played wow. for Little Richard. Little wow. Richard paid him to watch him have sex with a chick. And he was like, nah, I ain't doing that, bro. He was Good. dressing like one of the silver platters and doing like routines in the back. Little, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I didn't and know that yeah. about that, brother. Yeah. 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 But the point of the matter is, is, is it took him, it took uh, this dude a long time. I'm not going to get into it deep in the show right now, but I'm just saying it took him. It's a music thing. It took him a long time. Like we're talking decades. And continents. It wasn't until he went to England. You're right. Right. And you know a lot about. So what I'm saying is, is Sean, like in this instance, and I mean, I'm not trying to fucking, but he is a version of Jimi Hendrix in the sense that he's a real dude. He has stories to tell. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. that at the end of the day, one of the things that, all right, fuck it. And then I'm going to leave this alone. All right. Jesus Christ. But if you have the fucking balls to listen to the rest of this spiel, I say do it because you'll be better for it. So don't turn this shit off, punk. All right, here's the thing. Jimi Hendrix did not get confidence in his stories in singing and music craft until he listened to Bob Dylan. Wow. Really? And he created really? his hair after Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan is a genius. And he traveled with only one songbook in his guitar case, and it was Bob Dylan. Really? And it was not <laughs> and it was not for the music because Jimi Hendrix couldn't read music. And neither could I. But it was for the lyrics, the story. Bam. Bob Dylan. They used to call him Black Dylan. Really? Yeah. In London they called him Black Dylan for a long time. Right, I'm gonna leave you with that. He had a little Elvis to him. Didn't Elvis have the same little uh legacy kind of? Well, uh, he did, he, he was, what people found out about that, but anyway, fuck it. Listen, this is about, this is about, right? This is about Bob Diablos. <laughs> <laughs> so the point is, is Sean, I think that you have, 
no one's inviting you. Epic's not calling you up. Sony's not calling you up to build mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. But if you took a little initiative and dusted off your nipples, this guy right here, you might be able to craft something that could be serving the marketplace in a way that's going to create noise, bro. I said it from the gate that he's on something. He is on to something. I'm sure. handing you something right now. For you to get on it with them, and you guys can read some. I this is your thing, bro. Yeah, That's man. what I'm trying to tell you. Hey, you got mm -hmm. something for us? Did you bring down something for us to listen to today? Um, that poem um, I wrote, it's a poem I wrote in prison, but I actually recorded it, you know, uh, vocally and put some little And we can listen audio to it. Can we listen to the it background. today? Here? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. Sean, can we do that? Yeah. Oh, Blue Eyes? Is that... Everybody shut the Everybody fuck up. The ocean of loneliness is an immense volume of despair that hits you in waves, stilled only by the momentary calmness of floating in valleys of reflections, reflections of what could have been, temporarily dulling the pain until another wave of sadness comes over you, disorienting you, forcing your survival skills to react before another wave overtakes you and drowns you without even stopping to take you into account. The ocean of loneliness does not care, it only thoughtlessly and unceremoniously smothers, tosses to and fro. Whoever gets caught in its relentless throes. The ocean of loneliness is a desolate emptiness inside three quarters of my heart. The ocean of loneliness is a desolate prison yard the world has cast me to. My ship on the sea of sadness is my prison cell in solitary confinement. On the lowest tier, the darkest dungeon in the subterranean portion of the prison where they punish and bury the incorrigible. The incorrigible society has judged, sentenced, and discarded of. Put away like a dark secret behind countless doors. Abandoned, forsaken, forgotten in the darkest drear of the belly of the beast. Bars of years and calendars without tears. Captivity surrounding me. Piled up like a skyscraper brought to its knees in an earthquake on top of me. This never-ending desert comprised of broken hourglass and sands of time. This ocean of lost time. I unwillingly must bear the full weight thereof. The weight of yesterday's dreams demolished and pulverized. The weight of loved ones no longer willing to wait. The weight of unseen pain yet to come. That weight, for now, must wait for me. Since I have a moment, I will romance with the notion and remember freedom. In my mind's eye, I can see your sweet face. In the quarter of my heart that is still only mine, in that fleeting moment, feelings reconnect and hope begins to blossom. Then, just as spontaneously as I exhilarate to the sky, I disconnect and explode like the space shuttle challenger and drop down to the ground, crashing back into my concrete reality. It hurts. Man, it hurts. So I disconnect. Images become fragmented static. Emotions short fuse, spark burn out and dissipate into black smoke, into nothingness again. My heart shatters into a million pieces like broken glass left on the street nobody cares about. It is pointless and even detrimental to my survival to even dance around the edges of the ability to feel again. I can take whatever this world condemns me to, but I will not inflict unnecessary torture upon myself. I repeat, I can take whatever this world condemns me to, but I will not inflict unnecessary torture upon myself. I hear the cries of madmen in the night who have relished upon said behavior. I will survive being lost in this ocean, savagely if necessary, holding on to my small plank of reality like a lost and hungry dog clings to his bone on his own in the ocean of loneliness. Damn. These observations were made by federal convict Carlos Maldonado, 23373051, in the secured housing unit, also known as a shoe, 
at Federal Correctional Institution, FCI Victorville, 2013. Sean. Nobody say anything. Sean. React to what you just heard. That's fantastic. You, he's definitely, you're a producer, man. You're a producer for sure. The whole vision of that is crazy. Amazing stuff. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Steve, react to what you just heard. Fantastic. Ben, this is what I'm talking about, man. He's got a gift, bro. You brought me there. I love it. I'll get behind it. I'll be the fucking salesman of this thing. I believe in it. Uh, I just love it, dude. You are on to something that people... Man, we, we, uh, we need to get on this. That's how I feel. Chumahan! Nobody say anything. <laughs> Nobody say anything. This is maybe one of the truest, rawest human feelings ever to be recorded through voice and words. That it touches everybody who knows anything about preferring isolation and the loneliness that comes with it. Mm-hmm. I think the human spirit is so fucking lonely right now and this these words this combination of words and the way in which they were delivered and the images that were used the forgotten broken glass that nobody fucking cares about the fact that this maestro knew to say like no matter how many tortures the world visits upon me, like I'm not going to torture myself. And he says it bears repeating. That is the mantra of an alienated, isolated, disconnected human who's lonely. And it makes total fucking sense, Diavolos, because you started this show off with abandonment. And that man, bro, that's the songbird of abandonment, what you put in there. Mm -hmm. And if anybody understands that kind of loneliness, it's old blue eyes. Oh yeah. Man, I appreciate you guys' observations on that. I really do. Thank you, man. Listen, <laughs> I don't want to carry I, I, it on, but let's just say this. Diablo, well, there's gonna be a lot more from Diablo. Diablo, again, give our listeners your handle where they can find you and your YouTube channel. Uh my YouTube channel is um Devil. And then a little line, a dash, devil dash, L-O-S, devil lowest. That's my YouTube channel where I got a lot of my mixes and some of my raps, some of my old raps from back in the days and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my turntable mixes. And then on Instagram, I get my clown on. You see various videos of different stuff that I do, you know, and that, that handle for Instagram is devil lowest, one word, 1700. You guys heard it. Lowest will be back on. Los, thank you for coming down to the thank show. Thank you, man. It was an honor, man. I needed this, man. And we needed you down here, brother. Anytime, bro. Do you uh, you want to give some shout-outs as we wrap it up? Man, I just wanted, you know, every all your listeners, man, thank you for tuning in, you know. Of course, all the all the homies from Santa Monica, all my all my homies from 17th Street, um, the brother click, Tres Little Locals, uh, 11th Street, and the whole West Side in general, you know. We're all brothers, you know. Where do you draw the line of set tripping? If it's just between two cliques, is it between two gangs, two cities? Uh, it's it's all set tripping. You know, we want people, man. That's so right, dog. Just you know, you know, we keep it respectful and we 
all can get along like Rodney King tried to do. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everything my homeboy Lo said. Uh, glad to have him on the show today, man. Sharing his talents and his, his expression. It's, man, it's, it's dope, brother. I want to give a shout-out to the city of Santa Monica. I want to give a shout-out to Supermax Hardware, www.supermaxhardware.com. Check us out. We're dropping summer tanks and trucker hats in about 10 days. Uh, listen to the Hard Luck Show, uh, Mondays and Thursdays. A big shout-out to the Soul Assassins of Stevon Oreo. Big shout-out to Burner, the Cookies brand, Vibes Rolling Papers. Big shout-out to Enzo's Pizzeria. Big. Enzo's. Big. Anyone from the Hard Luck Show, you go in there and you say, Hard Luck Show says hello to Lenny and see what happens. That's right. Mm -hmm. See what the fuck happens. Right. Surprise. Right there in Westwood, baby. That's right. right. Easy access. Obviously, shout-out to Ivana Bowen LLP. Not only will we defend you in a fight, but we will see your enemies crushed before you and hear the lamentations of their women and children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I also want to say uh, Hard to Kill coming. Yes. And Hard Luck Show audiobook, mm-hmm. wow. Art of War, yeah. as read by Big Lux and discussed by the infamous three. Mm, beautiful history mystery and some other shit that rhymes with that word is coming at you and you can get it we're gonna start a hard history mystery and chicory history mystery and listery yeah and listerine (laughs) don't drink the listerine (laughs) listen but the point of the matter is is you're gonna get a fucking hit of some fucking real shit we got a lot and a lot of content coming at you that's right and and, uh sean what you got Movemental.me, Sean at Movemental.media, but don't hit me up right now. I'm just too overloaded with all these things I got going on. Right, That's great. but let's get you. Let's get you on the board. Mm-hmm. We'll get you. We'll get you a calendar date, penciled in. You get you penciled in. Yep. Yeah, and be, and you know what? Have your shit ready. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Diablo came today. The, yeah, exactly. Right. This uh, old Blue Eyes is a busy professional and all sort of shit. He charges the fee, but here's the deal. If you fuck up your shit and you can't show up, fee's gone. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't like to play that way, <laughs> get the fuck on out. Like we do about this time. Adios amigos from the Show.